Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Cassio. I was, I have to say, I was kind of shocked when you invited me. I'm like, what does he want to talk to me about? But uh, I'm delighted. I can't wait to dive into whatever you have in store. I love talking. Well, you've, of course, got the story, and I'm sure everybody picks your brain about Eric. You also have your own podcast. So I love talking to other creators who are out there sharing their views with everyone. Um, it's kind of the good and the bad of 2021. Um, almost everybody can have a podcast, but the good part is that almost everybody can have a podcast, you know, and it, and it gets views out there and you can find like-minded people or opposite, whatever you're looking for. And, uh, so let's just start there. First of all, personal performance coach, if you go to lauriebischoff.com, that's what you're going to see. Is that the same as a life coach? Is life coach taboo now, or is that just your personal preference of a name? It's, it's. It is a life coach, but it's more like a life coach on steroids. So okay. I'm really like a personal trainer for a person's life. And I, I call it a personal performance coach because it's all about my my practice, my paradigm is all about coaching people in all the aspects of their lives because they're all connected. So, you know, if somebody's trying to get healthier, uh, then they have to also look at um, what's the stress level in their life. What is their lifestyle like? What kind of support or challenges do they have? You know, those things affect your ability to try and get healthier. So it, it's um, it's something that for me, it works better if I'm working with the whole person. It's a holistic approach. And that's, um, I just think that if, if you are tackling all the main aspects of your life, your mental diet, your physical diet, uh, your spiritual diet, if that's something that's important to you, um, your communication skills, all of the important aspects of your life, if you tackle them all and want to up level all of them because they're all connected and affect each other, then naturally you're going to be able to perform a lot better overall in your entire life. Oof, that's a lot to go into. You mean you mean there's not just a quick, easy fix to change my life? Yeah, I wish I could <laughs> say there's just like one thing. There's one thing. You know, and, and, and it kind of does boil down to one thing, but that one thing has a lot of aspects to it. And I think the one thing is your mental diet. And everything comes from that because that includes your attitude, your beliefs, your, um, you know, your outlook, your what you think is possible for you in your life. So that really is at the core of it. So you've got to get your mental diet dialed in. Otherwise, you know, if you're going on a physical diet, most people don't, you know, don't succeed at any kind of change long term because they haven't changed what's going on up here first right. or at the same time. So they slip back into old habits and patterns. So the mental diet is really the one thing that's the core of it. And then you have, you know, all of the aspects that go into that. Mm, I'm a big guy. I don't like to hear the word diet. That's I like scary. I know. I know. I don't, I don't like the word diet either when it's related, <laughs> when it's related to food, because I actually don't believe in eating diets. I believe in an eating lifestyle, but I don't believe in diets. So now, if they follow you on Instagram, we've seen some very, very yummy looking keto recipes mm -hmm. is, is keto a lifestyle? Do you, is that, or you just, are those particular recipes I happen to see are, they're just keto friendly. Yeah. I mean, they're keto friendly, most of them, because um, my eating lifestyle is very, it's, it's not strict keto because um, it, that doesn't work optimally for me. 
I can, I'm very close and probably what most people would consider keto because my carb intake is so low, but I do eat some carbs. Eric is more of a strict when he's, when he's in his zone and in his, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like attacking the world. I'm taking over the world zone. He's in, he's in strict keto. So everything that we do pretty much falls into a ketogenic eating lifestyle. And then for me, I will just add in a little bit more complex carbs now and then. I, I just need them. My metabolism needs them. I'm going through it now. So I've, uh, since the beginning of the year, I've lost 20 pounds. Nice. And how do you uh, feel mentally? Uh, mentally is great. Yeah. You know, I, I think the struggles, uh, like I said, shy away from the word diet, but it is a form of a diet for me, but it, it it's the easiest food plan, if you will, or quote unquote diet that I can deal with. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, cause that is one of my problems is carbs. When I get to go and I like, let's do this bread, potatoes. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. And that is exactly what trips most people up is those refined or simple carbs, too much of them in our diet, in the processed food. So if you can get away from that, you don't have to get away 100%, but if you can get away a lot from that and make the majority of your eating lifestyle just all of the other good stuff, you know, your your clean proteins and your uh, fruits and vegetables and that good stuff, um, then you're going to be all right. And then you can, you know, have a little bit now and then. You don't have to be 100% strict. It's very rare. It's the rare person that can be 100% strict 100% of the time into eternity. Yeah. <laughs> It's rare. So that's my wife. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you, you are um, saying that and being, hey, we're attacking the world and we're we're eating a good lifestyle. Um, being around uh, you before, and of course, Eric, uh, you guys, you guys are foodies. You guys do not cut corners when it comes to food. No, no, that is a priority. Uh, we, we both love food. We have adventurous palates. We like a variety of food. Although when we're home at our house in Cody, Wyoming, where we're pretty limited on restaurants and access to a lot of unique foods here. So we don't, we don't get a lot of variety here unless we make it ourselves, which we'll do occasionally, but, um, we're creatures of habit too. So when we're home, literally our diet is like, the same. We rotate between about three different things and that's what we eat like every night. Maybe on the weekends we we might, you know, go out one night and then we kind of eat a lot of what we would eat at home anyway. But I think a lot of people though do that, Cassio, don't you? I mean, most people have like kind of a, a rotation of about their 12 sort of favorite meals. And sure. Rotate the same things over and over. And then once in a while, you know, on a holiday or you go out or or you get a wild hair and you do something unique. But for the most part, you kind of have your staple meals that are your go to's. And that's just what you do. Yeah, it's a um, it also depends on what you can cook. Uh, (laughs) I can want all the pad thai I want. I can't cook it. So, (laughs) you know, it depends on uh, what you or your spouse can cook or whatever the deal is. What have you, what have you seen? You, you deal one-on-one with people, right? You, you have sessions with them. And I assume during the pandemic, Zoom and things like this have been a huge friend for you basically to get one-on-one with your clients still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that really during the pandemic, um, fortunately for the business that I have, which is mostly on Zoom anyway, nothing really changed for me. I, you know, I work from my home office. Um, it's rare that I meet clients in person and um, it's nice when I do, but they're all over the place. You know, they're all over. I've got clients in Australia and then I've got clients, you know, on the East Coast and the West Coast. So they're everywhere. Um, So nothing really changed. Um, Business picked up. So that was good. Um, I had a really, really good year in spite of the fact that, you know, it was the bizarreness of of what's been going on. Um, So so it hasn't hindered my business at all. And I think it's actually helped it because so many people have kind of maybe people that were thinking about coaching decided they needed some help now with all of the stresses going on in their lives. I was going to say, what is, 
What's some of the things that you've picked up that have been heightened maybe during this lockdown from your clients? Something that's picked up, you see an issue that's kind of creeping up? Because I think sometimes we fear of um, explaining our issues to people because you, if they don't have that same issue, then you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm bad. I'm the weird one or something's wrong with me. So I think something, maybe something you've heard that's happening to a lot of people that may, we might not know about the pandemic. I, I think the main thing, which isn't really going to be anything unusual, it's just really become a greater problem is um, stress management for people because of because everybody, not everyone, but so many people have been thrust into a state of uncertainty. So when there's uncertainty, that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, unless you happen right. to be somebody that um, like is a extreme sports person and you thrive on uncertainty and not knowing what's going to happen. But m- most people, most people crave a certain level of, of certainty in their lives so that they can feel, you know, safe and comfortable and know their neighbor's not going to attack them and know that they have a roof <laughs> over their head, know that they have food available, know that they have health care available, you know, and and a lot of those things, because of job losses and everything that has come along with this, have made those those things very um, shaky for a lot of people. So the stress of uncertainty, not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your rent next month or your mortgage or, you know, look at what happened, even just trying to go buy food when this first hit. People are like, right. can I even get, you know, what I need to feed my family? So, you know, how how are we going to manage uh, the kids if you have children at home? So all of that unrest, uncertainty has added a massive load of stress in a different way because it's like coming from multiple directions. And then let's couple in the fear of, am I going to get sick? Am I going to recover? What's right. that going to be like? You know, so it's been like this multiple pronged whammy for everybody. And, uh, and you know, and then uh, <laughs> let's put that inside of the political bubble all right. at the same time. So it's been a pretty much of a shakeup for most uh, people, not only just here in our country, but across the globe. So it's a lot to deal with. I joke uh, on my radio show when all this went down that when we get out of this, which who knows now, but you assume going into something, there's going to be an end. But yeah, uh, we joked in a few months, in a year, we're going to have a baby boom from couples getting locked in and or divorces uh, from couples getting locked in. And I think I think that amplifies uh, what you talk about the, with the stress. That's another stressor of, you, you know, like you said, the the routine is a lot of us went our separate ways during the day. We go to our jobs and then we come back home and we spend our evenings together and relax. And when you are, you're now have your work stressors on you. You're in the same four walls, basically the entire day and the entire evening. And there's no end in sight. Uh, that kind of puts a stress or it could go the other way. You could get to know your spouse very well, but I think that's a big issue during the lockdown as well. That's totally an issue. And I think you're right on the divorce is probably going to be going way up and the baby babies being born. Both of those things are very likely to happen uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah, you know, if you're somebody that has a significant other or spouse that you're living with, and that has been your your routine in the past to, you know, not see each other all day and then come together at the end of the day, um, all of a sudden, you know, 24-7, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you don't have a really good formula for how you maintain fun and harmony in your household, then it could get a little dicey. So it's uh, but it is, it's a good opportunity that, though, to, um, to really get to know your, your partner again, or, um, you know, rekindle something that maybe was getting a little, a little old and stale. Um, there are opportunities there, but you got to have your mind in the right place for that. You have to have your attitude in the right place because it's, it, again, the stress can actually 
um, encourage people to do the opposite of what they really should be doing, which is coming together and like we're on the same team. How do we how do we strategize and make the best of this? What are our opportunities here? You know, with each other, with our lifestyle, with our family. So if you're not looking for the opportunities and you're not looking for the good things, you're not looking for maybe a way that um, just whatever strategies you need to maintain harmony, um, then you're going to find yourself in some troubled waters. But that's the key right there is what are you looking for? Because you, you know, you'll magnify whatever you're focused on. If you're focused on what you, the things that your partner's doing that are driving you nuts, you know, it's going to grow. It gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Right. Uh, so how, talk about channeling all this, channeling all your experiences, uh, your knowledge uh, and your help you've been giving everyone and now funneling that into a podcast. Uh, it's called We're Talking Shift. Mm-hmm. And um, this is kind of uh, going through your guest list and listening to your episodes. Uh, you're kind of like me in a sense that you, you, you've covered all bases, um, all backgrounds, all different viewpoints. Um, and so the guests, you never know what you're going to get every week. What, what led into this? What made you think, Hey, I need to get this out there and then, you know, talk about what the podcast is like every week. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, really it just, what, what led it actually, Eric was the one that said to me a few years ago, you need to be doing a podcast. I mean, basically it's just a different form of coaching. Right. The podcast is just on another platform and then bringing in other experts and doctors and, you know, teachers and what to share their knowledge as well. So we have, we can offer more value to more people via the podcast. Um, but it was, but it was definitely Eric's idea. I wouldn't have, you know, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I can't, you know, <laughs> can I do that? Should I No. Yeah. I mean, it literally took a couple years and then eventually, um, eventually dove in and, 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 you know, here we are. Uh, it's been two and a, two and a half years. I've lost yeah. track. Yeah. Seems about right. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, um, the podcast is, it, it is all those things that you said with a variety of bases being covered, a variety of people. It's either me, myself, uh, on there, or I have, um, doctors and experts and teachers and authors, um, and they are all using their knowledge and and skill sets and expertise to help people as well. The common denominator, even though there's a lot of variety, but the common denominator is is always some version of health, mental health, physical health, you know, spiritual health, all of the aspects that we spoke of earlier, things that will help people up level their lives in some way. So it could be something about food and diet. It could be something about spirituality. It could be something about, you know, toxins. It could be any, you know, any of those things. It could be energy, um, but it's relationships. All of the things that, you know, we all want to have like at a level 10 in our lives because we all want to be, you know, happy and fulfilled and healthy. That's pretty much a, a given that most people desire to have that in their life. Right. And so there's there's a lot of tributaries that flow into that one, you know, that one path, that one river. So I like to bring people on that have something that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is going to add value to people's lives. If they listen and and take the advice of the guest then and apply it then they will absolutely experience an up level in that aspect of their life. Talk, let's talk about kind of the depth of the title. Let's talk about shift. What is shift when you talk about that in your podcast? Yeah, well, I think I came up with, with we're talking shift because it really is the, the mission um, is to help people get unstuck because we all get we get stuck in patterns, we get stuck in habits, we get stuck in ruts. Um, and and so I wanted to be able to help people give them information that can help get them unstuck, shift into 
another attitude, another another direction, another path. Um, and that shift, though, always has to start, like I said earlier, the shift has to start in your mind first. You have to be willing to say, maybe I need to question my beliefs. Maybe I'm doing something that's sabotaging myself. Maybe I there's a better way to approach, you know, A, B, or C. So you got to start up here. And that's why it's it's all about shifting your atti- attitude. And then we can move into now. Now, if you're willing to shift, then you can be open to considering that there might be a better way to think about something or to do something. This is going deep. I like this. What, <laughs> what's, what, what's going rogue? Yes. Oh, so um, I always invite a new guest uh, to share their what I call going rogue story. Um, And that is uh, a story about a time in their life when they were heading full speed ahead in one direction. And then something caused them to just hit the brakes and go, nope, that's not right for me. I'm going this way instead. And they do a 180 and you know, it might have been something that, you know, was totally unprecedented, totally out of protocol, uh, could have been a super scary challenge, could have risked career risk, be a career risk for a lot of people. A lot of my um, a lot of my professionals have done have a going rogue story that was literally they risked their career by going in this other path. And so they share a story about when they went rogue and they decided to, you know, take a hard left. And then it ultimately, even though it may have been challenging and risky, ended up to be the best thing that ever happened to them in their life. It was the best choice they ever made. And it was the path that took them to, you know, where they find themselves now. So I like to share stories like that because so many of my guests are doctors and experts and, you know, leaders in their fields. And I think it's nice for listeners who may have something calling to them that they they wish they could do or like, ooh, if I could only do this if I could only stop doing that and go in this direction instead. And I think it kind of gives them permission when they hear that somebody else has done it. And even though it was risky or scary or challenging, it ended up to be the best thing ever. So I think it encourages people, almost gives them permission to go rogue themselves and go in that direction of something that's been calling to them. So you think, you think, I don't assume you think everybody's had the rogue moment, but you're asking people that you think might have had this rogue moment. I mean, have you had success, successful people who said, I don't think I've had a rogue moment. I just stayed the course. I always wanted to be a doctor and I became a doctor. Or have you, or the more people you run into, a lot of people have rogue moments. Every single one has. Every single one. And like I said, some of them have made decisions that, actually could have crushed their career and they did it anyway. And then some of them um, have um, have done it even though, um, you know, there was pressure, like maybe family pressure, you know, this is what you're going to do next. And then you're going to go into this career. And, and, and then they said, they said no. So um, every, every single person has a going rogue story because everybody at some point in their life, if you've been on the you know planet for, for more than a, a decade, you know, you've done something that by your own measure, by your own account seems kind of rogue to you. It may not be to somebody else, but, you know, but it is to you. I mean, you know, when I was um, in 12th grade, I dropped out of school. Now, that was kind of a big going rogue thing for me at that time, Uh because when I was in high school in the late 70s, And the area that I lived, it was pretty rare that people dropped out of school, maybe more common now, and it may be more common in a lot of other areas. But in my time and in that place and in that world, it was not. So that was kind of a going rogue move for me to make to go, I'm done and drop out of high school in my senior year and get my GED. So, you know, by my standards and by my mom's. (laughs) Probably <laughs> my dad's, yeah, maybe a little going rogue, but but yeah, so it's really rogue is in the eye of the doer, you know, or in the eye of the beholder, however you want to say it. How uh, a rogue moment had to be saying yes to Eric Bischoff. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we've talked about it before. 
Eric Bischoff is not the quote unquote Eric Bischoff the character he plays on air. But let's go. Let's talk about this. I've heard only thing I've heard is the headline is that you owned your own modeling agency and that's how you met Eric. So give me give me some juicy details on that. <laughs> yes. So um, I was twenty one, and um, a uh, my my best friend at the time. Um, said, hey, why don't we just open up our own modeling agency? This was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. So, <laughs> you know, we're 21. What do you, <laughs> you don't have any idea of really what you're doing or, right. or what could go wrong or how to, you know, and this is obviously long before um, we had, you know, home computers and cell phones and all that stuff. Um, but I had grown up in the business there. So I ha had been in that world since I was five years old. So I knew, I knew everybody in the city. I knew all the photographers. I knew the clients. Um, and my girlfriend had been doing it for a few years. So she did as well. So we, we did kind of have our foot in the door. But um, yeah, we were working with a, uh, a photographer and a makeup artist, um, getting some shots from some of our, our newbie models. And uh, they happened to be working with Eric, who was dabbling in that field with another agency. And they suggested that he come on over and check out our agency. So so that's how we met. Um And uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, when we first met... Uh, he was not available. So um, I didn't really, I just thought, well, that might just be the most gorgeous guy I've ever laid eyes on. But um, rumor has it, he's not available. So I really kind of put it out of my mind. Um, but then, um, you know, as, as a couple of, I don't know, days, weeks <laughs> went by, um, found out that he was actually available. So then we kind of started to see each other on the sly, which is interesting because um, not long after we started to see each other, um, my partner said to me, um, by the way, Dave, who was our financial backer, <laughs> Dave and I decided that we should not be seeing any of the talent. And I was thinking to myself, well, kind of too late for that. And I'm not <laughs> sure why I didn't get a vote. <laughs> so uh, I went rogue again and went, that's not going to stop. <laughs> Which is a good thing because the agency, um, you know, didn't last very long since, you know, we've heard a number of reasons. Um, but clearly, um, Eric and I have, you know, stood the test of time. So I think I made the right choice going rogue. There you go. Over 30 years, right? Yeah, 30. Uh, we were married in 84. So what I think we're coming up on 37. Okay. Somebody else do the math. Me and uh, me and Big Booty Judy have been married less than five because uh, I can't do the quick math here right on the scene. Uh, but give me some advice. What what's what should I know? Mm, okay. I think I think, and you can maybe attest to this. I think when you're me four years in, you assume I get we got it. It's down pat. This is how it's going to be forever. Open my eyes. Yeah, yeah no, that's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> you know? <Dang> it. <laughs> no. So um, first of all, uh, I think you guys, I think you're going to go the distance, though. I met Judy. And even yes. though when, when we all met, it was it was brief. But, you know, you just uh, you get a vibe um, from people. And I got a great vibe from from you both. Um, really good people. She's a doll. Um, and I think that uh I think just where uh, the kind of person she is, where her head's at, what her priorities are. Uh, I don't. I don't think you guys are going to um, collapse at the first speed bump. <laughs> However, <laughs> I I literally have boiled it down to like six key areas that I think you should always be aware of in your relationship. One, you have to be each other's biggest fan. Always, no matter what, you have got to be the mm. cheerleader, the fan of your partner. She doesn't listen to my podcast. I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, I don't listen to Eric's podcast either. Okay, but... there you go. <laughs> That's a good time. 
<laughs> there you go. You know, that doesn't mean you have to be in each other's business all, you right. know, all aspects all day, but you got to be willing to cheer your partner on and, and, um, encourage their, their growth. So, you know, if, if one person is growing, that means they're changing a little bit, they're evolving and one's not, that usually ends up being a problem because that can, that people can, if they're not growing together, they're growing apart or they're just stagnant. So you want to make sure that you are always each other's biggest, biggest fan. That's number one. Number two is you have to maintain focus. So you got to remember why you are together in the first place and what your together goal is. You may each have some separate like personal goals, career goals, you know, whatever, but, but you're also a unit now. So what is the unit doing? Where is the unit going? What are the uh, like short-term, mid-term, long-term goals of the unit? So maybe if it's just the two of you, or if you had kids, you know, what is the family doing? What's the family mission and vision? So you have to always keep that in your focus because with all the stuff that we have going on in our lives and all the stuff coming at us from multiple directions, it's really easy for bright, shiny objects everywhere to take your focus and attention off of your priorities, which should be the, the health of the relationship. Makes sense? Her, her goal is to apparently own every chicken that she can find. So. I have to call that a little bit. I can't be your biggest supporter or we'll be overrun. But well, I, you know, there does have to be some compromise <laughs> and talking about things. But but I think, uh, yeah, you've got to be always, though, I think that it's important. And this takes, again, this takes focus and it takes attitude. You have to find ways to remain fascinated with your partner. Like. Okay. Like when I when I do overhear, for instance, when I overhear Eric doing a show or I overhear him on a conversation on the phone with somebody um, or I just watch him going out playing with the dog, or whatever, he always fascinates me. I just think he's just I look for that because those are the things that they're the same things that always fascinated me from the beginning. And it's really easy for people that have been together for a while to lose sight of those things. And again, start shifting their focus to things that start to annoy them. That happens, you know, when you live together with somebody yeah. for a long time, um, it's bound to happen. But if I you- mean, she used to make me mashed potatoes. Now she can't believe how many I eat. Okay. <laughs> so I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so be fascinated. Be yeah. fascinated with Judy and her chickens. Her <laughs> chickens. Oh, if I show love to the chickens, I win. I'm good. <laughs> but you got to have a friendship. You know, you got to be friends. Um, you have to have fun. You got to make sure that not too much time goes by, that you're not laughing together, doing something that's fun. And um, the last one is forgiveness. They all start with Fs, by the way. Fanship, focus, fascination, fun. Um, forgiveness. So because you are going to screw up, there are going to be times where somebody, you know, does something or says something that they didn't maybe intend to, but um, maybe the other person gets, gets hurt. Um, And so you got to be able to be apologize and you got to be able to be willing to forgive your partner if they screw up. Will she screw up? Because she apparently hasn't is what I've been told yet. Um, (laughs) And I want to make sure I show her this highlight clip. If you're about to tell me she will mess up at some point. At some point, even Judy, I imagine, is going to make a wrong move. I don't know. Maybe she's going to be the one exception in humanity to the rule. But. I thought she had, but she told me she did not. So I uh-huh. had to agree with her. So she has not messed up yet at any way. So far, so good. <laughs> you're going to have tips for me next time we talk. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be able to show her this. I'm showing her this. Uh, Tell me, let's talk a little bit about Eric, of course. Majority of my listeners um, have at least heard his interview with me if they didn't, if they weren't fans or experienced uh, anything, Eric, beforehand. Um, But you you guys have been married through it all. Um, And um, so I would love to know, you know, I find him fascinating as well. I think a lot of people do, which is why his podcast is so successful with Conrad. But 
but just for example, you, uh, we, like you said, we met in person before and had talks and he genuinely, he said one of his favorite things to do in life is just go in the kitchen and prepare, prepare a meal with you from scratch. And I think, um, a lot of people out there just would have a hard time imagining chef Eric, uh, you know, chopping onions in the kitchen, but I just talk about that ride of being married to Eric Bischoff and then having to be married to Eric Bischoff. <laughs> the character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because, uh, I mean, we got together obviously before he was ever in the wrestling business. Right. Um, so, so there's that, uh, uh, we were, you know, we were doing the modeling thing for a bit. We moved to Chicago and lived together there for a while. And we were working, you know, doing some modeling gigs during the day and working in the bars at night. Um, you know, he's bartending and I'm cocktail waitressing and, and we're just having, having fun. And, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, cut, cut to, uh, cut to wrestling when he, uh, decided that he was gonna, you know, take a run at that. And, and that, that's a whole other story in itself, how that came about. And I'm sure you've heard that. And I won't, I won't bore you with it, but ultimately, um, you know, the biggest, shift there was when we moved to Atlanta because he was working for, for Ted Turner and um, for WCW. Um, and he moved up the ranks um, insanely fast there. And, uh, and it was, uh, as always, it was an adventure. I mean, ever since I met Eric, our life has been one form of an adventure or another, which is, you know, part of the, part of the fun. Um, so, you know, that was like, all right, we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to do this now. And you're going to go a hundred miles an hour in this direction. And I'm your biggest fan. So let's do it. And, um, I think it's funny. And even our, our kids thought it was funny as, as Eric, um, became <clears throat> more and more of an on-screen character and, you know, the, the whole, um, the whole thing and became well-known and he was recognized everywhere. And people were just always so funny about how, um, they expected him, I think, to be like the asshole that he was on the show. And, you know, this sort of devious, like the J.R. Ewing of wrestling, <laughs> the guy you love to hate. And uh, I think people are always quite surprised that, you know, meeting him in person was something altogether different. Um, but at home, I mean, of course, you know, the, the common thread between that on-air character and the real Eric is, is a lot of confidence mm -hmm. and a lot of willingness to take risks, um, a lot of passion about, you know, what he's doing and going just 100% into it. Mm -hmm. So there are aspects of that but they were just, you know, in the character, it's directed one way. It, in real life, they're directed another way. So, you know, here we are. I mean, he's been he's been an amazing partner, um, and uh, he's been an outstanding father. Uh, he is never boring. Well, there might have been a day or two, yeah, maybe a week, but for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> does he talk as much at home as he does on the podcast is he quiet no you know uh like it, it depends on the day it depends <laughs> yesterday for example yesterday he was on he was working all day so he was talking to people all day long and by the time he was done we sat down to have dinner um and i was like oh blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what I said. And he's like, I can't say a word. I'm so tired of hearing myself talk. I can't talk anymore tonight. <laughs> I was like, all right, no problem. So let's turn the show on. <laughs> he had gotten to the ends. That was it. You know, that's, and that's cool. That's fine. But, um, but no, he's not normal. Normal days. He's not either overly talkative or overly quiet. You know, we're, we work at home for the most part. So we're kind of in our, own areas doing right. our own thing. And then, you know, we'll, uh, 
we like meet at the water cooler, you know, a couple of times a day to be like, what's next for you? What's next for you? Okay. You know, see you at dinner kind of thing. But, um, and then, you know, he loves to, as you've talked about earlier, people don't realize Eric likes to cook. And so it's, he cooks more in the summer because it's nicer out and he can go out there and be the grill God, which is awesome. Cause I really don't care to have anything to do with it. Um, and so I'm like the, I'm like the kitchen goddess and he's like the grill God. Um, and then together we make something magical, but, uh, but yeah, it's really fun for us every once in a while, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday, we'll like, let's pick something, um, either new that we've never made before or pick an old favorite that we haven't made in a while. And we turn on the music and he gets his stuff. And then we spend the, you know, the afternoon or whatever, creating something in the kitchen and, it's, uh, it's fun. Our, our kids like to cook, you know, when we're all together, we cook together. It's, uh, it's kind of a great, I don't know, family bonding thing, but Eric's really cool. You know, when, when I, there was a period of time when we still had our home in Arizona where, um, I was teaching, I was, uh, helping to train, um, new up and coming life coaches. And so where I was working, I, I wouldn't get home um, until like 11 at night, the class ended at 10. And by the time I drove all the way home, it was 11. And I was always starving. And so during those nights for that period of time, um, Eric would find something unusual to make while I was gone. And then he would put it out on the counter for me and light a candle and leave a little note or something. And then he was usually in bed sleeping by the time I got home. And so I'd come in and there would be this unique meal waiting for me at 11 o'clock at night. So I'm like, I'm like what, is, I, what is this? It's like something like, I can't- Did he give a description it. or you had to figure it out? No, I just would figure it out. <laughs> And then the next morning he would tell me all about his adventure, looking for it and finding it at the, you know, at the store and making the stuff. And he had so much fun doing it. And it's such a delight to come home and find this wonderful homemade, you know, concoction. So he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool at home. Yeah. I can't. I, I'm surprised uh, ad free shows hadn't come calling to him for the Eric Bischoff cooking show. We need both of y'all, the Bischoffs in the kitchen. It would be fun. Who knows? Fish off, cook off. Well, we gotta, we gotta think of something. Anything's possible, right, Cassio? Anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? What? You talk about having that. Um, you, you know, people, especially since you started not in the wrestling business. Talk about some moments, maybe that you remember where maybe friends or family are not separating the two people they see of you know, him on television and then who he's coming in or, or maybe in moments. Um, are you watching every week when this starts to pop off? Are you watching every week going, let me see what this is all about, what he's doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. During the WCW days when he was on air talent, we definitely the kids and I were in front of the TV watching uh, every every show. So, yes. Was there ever a moment where they were like, wait, what? what is he doing? What's dad doing? No, no. And I think because it was, you know, they were so young that it was just normal for them. And they would, you know, when there was opportunities, uh, they would, you know, we would go to some shows and, and they would be there, you know, backstage. And um, so they kind of, they knew it was a show. They knew what was going on. So they understood, they understood it. It wasn't like, right. that's weird. Why is dad doing that? You know, so <laughs> it was just like the norm for them. And then they have all these, you know, Cool uncles that we we think are celebrities all the time. <laughs> normal life. They're just hanging backstage at WCW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they spent a lot of time, um, especially during the time where they were um, shooting the shows at um, um, when we were in Dis when we went down to Disney World at MGM. Yes. And they were shooting the shows there. So we were we would literally go down there for, you know, a couple weeks at a time and basically live, you know, in the hotel. And they would go uh, a lot of times just go hang out at backstage, you know, for hours and hours or all day with dad. <laughs> just dad to them. Yeah. So just Eric and his uh, chef's uh, apron at the grill. I, I mean, you talk about people my age, they never would have imagined it. And here we are. It's awesome. I know. I know. It's uh, it's been an interesting journey, Cassio. I uh, I I would have never guessed had you told me when I was um, 
dropping out of high school, <laughs> that uh, in a few short years, I would be on this journey with this guy, you know, in that world uh, is better than anything I imagined at the time. But you both had to make some road decisions to get where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, first, I want to thank you. We're about to get into the countdown. We'll get you out of here. I know you're very busy. We will do the countdown. Ten questions, ten to one. I ask all my – I change a couple of them depending. Um, but we'll ask those. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to thank, thank you again for the time. I've had a blast. Yeah. I hope everyone checks out the podcast. Um, you, they can find out more about you at lauribischoff.com. Is it, uh, what, what, uh, what social media should they go to? Yep. So it's all of course on the, uh, on the website, which is easy, but, um, I'm on Facebook. Um, Instagram is lauribischoff, uh, Twitter, um, where else? YouTube, the, uh, I'm on there. The show is on there. So it's on all the platforms where talking shift is on, um, Apple or iTunes, Spotify, um, YouTube, every, everywhere else. So it's not hard Wherever to find. You're consuming this is where her podcast is. Right. All right. Let's get to the countdown. 10 questions, a 10 to one, 10, name something that's a perfect 10 in your life. Hmm. Um, okay. Does it have to be just one thing? No, you can go. Yeah, this is all you want. Okay. So my salads are perfect. Your salads? Yes. And my salads are perfect. I make I make us huge. And I when I mean huge salads every single night of the week. We eat gigantic. Really? Yes. And they are amazing. Just ask Eric. Uh my smoothies, my daily smoothies, my protein smoothies are also perfect tens. Uh, and that happens pretty much every day of the week as well. Every flavor you make or you make the same flavor? No, I rotate between about three, maybe four different flavors. Are they all three perfect or you got one really dialed in? Oh, no, they are all perfect, Cassio. <laughs> <laughs> She's setting the standard for smoothies and salads. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, I have made thousands, thousands of these. I've got it dialed in. They're perfect for us. Let me just say that. Uh, I make a perfect fat coffee every morning. Fat coffee. Is that butter? Uh, yes, there's butter in it. There's a special kind of um, essential uh, fatty acid oil in there called Udo's oil. There's a little bit of uh, butter in there. And then there is some uh, vanilla collagen in there. Okay. And then there's coconut milk in there. And they are a 10, I tell you. What's the purpose of this coffee? Uh, well, the fat, especially those two fats from the, from I use ghee, but you can use butter. Um, and then from the Udo's oil, which is your um, omega-369. Um, so those are your essential fatty acids. So the combination of all those fats in there is like a like an uber health bomb for your brain, for your oh, body, wow. also for your brain. So that's like what your brain needs for optimal activity is the right kind of fat. So you get a really good quality coffee. You whip that thing up in the blender for 10 seconds and bam, you're off to the races. All right. Well, first of all, I got to find Udo's oil. We milking Udo's, whatever those are. What are we doing? How are we getting there? Yeah. And it's on, it's on my Instagram. One of the little highlights. I oh, showed you got it. I show you how to make it and the products Perfect. I use are on there. That's so. what we need. LoriBischoff.com. We'll get the coffee recipe. There you go. Anything else? Fat coffee? Salad? Smoothies? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my view is perfect. I don't mean my viewpoint. I mean my view out my windows. <laughs> of Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm looking up toward Yellowstone Park. We see mountains and it's beautiful. So it is a 10. Nice. So, yeah. That's a lot of 10s. I know. I, I got, I got a, I can't complain. I love my I think head. Eric said you, and then he bailed. <laughs> He's a 10. <laughs> He's a 10. All right. Number nine, nine is the German word for no. So which something that can be no in your life, which something you can write off. This could be big. This could be little, but just for you personally, 2021, not really a resolution, but just, What's something you wish there was no more of in your life? Hmm. Okay. So this can be personally, or it could also be something that's going on like in the world. Yeah. Whatever you, whatever you want to take this. That's the beauty of these questions. Okay. 
two things that I would like to like to see no more of, to have no more of, I would say blatant hypocrisy by our, by our politicians and media. I'm sick to death of it. And um, pharmaceutical greed. Mm-hmm. I've had pharmaceutical enough. Pharmaceutical greed. Yeah, those things I think we would all like to have come to an end. I think that everyone is puking on it. Yeah, those are uh, those are definitely hot issues. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to see that come to an end. I'm in. Uh, eight, uh, when you go out, what do you want the last thing you ate to be? What's your last meal? My last meal? You can mix and match. You can go fast food. You can go like a restaurant. You can go home cooking, which... And right sit with you and Eric. You can mi- bring these all together, whatever you want. Boom, it's magically there. Okay, so it's going to be three courses. Yeah. Uh, first course is going to be um, some sushi and sashimi. Okay. With a nice chilled glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. Then. Is that from a certain place or just somebody that makes it good? It's got to be from somebody that makes it real, real good because okay. I'm sushi snob and I don't want any like <laughs> I don't want any posers. Okay. <laughs> so it's got to be really good stuff. This isn't Mapco sushi. We're going down to a place. <laughs> We're going. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of favorite places. And I mean, we've been we've been gone from a couple of them for a while. So I don't know if they're still around, but got to be top notch. Okay. So that's course one. Second course is going to be a really yummy thin crust pizza. Yes. But it has to be the best. Yes. Thin crust, but it has to be topped with Rotel. I like Rotel. Do you know, you know what I mean? That can, the, the, the hot Rotel. Yeah. So, Wait, you put that on every pizza or you just have crust and meat and rotel? I no, I put it on top of the pizza. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you you oh. drain it, you know, because it's uh, you drain the liquid out of it and then you have the and you gotta get the hot stuff, the really hot one. And then Spicy. okay. Yeah, and then you sprinkle, you you put that on the pizza, and that is that's like our family, that's our like little family pizza. That's a pizza hack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Are you heating up the Rotel? Or do you just go um, straight whatever the room temp is? Yeah, I just put it, yeah, room temp. I, well, if we're making a pizza at home, then it goes on the pizza and then it goes into the oven. Right, okay. right, right. So, and if we've brought home a pizza, maybe just warm it up or, you know, if it's room temp, just throw it on the top and you're good to go. Yep, that's my pizza hack. All right, all right, All right. we got that. So that's the second course. Oh, and I would like a glass of Pinot Noir with the pizza. Okay. Switch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because white okay. with the fish and then the pizza and the spice got to have I like it. I like okay. this. <laughs> then dessert. This was a tough one. Um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with a decadent flourless chocolate cake. Oh yeah. Right? I mean mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a nice little cappuccino. Um, I think that would be a nice way to end it. I like your pairings. You got drink pairings. I like you thought this very well out. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I uh, yes, I like pairing things. We like we like everything to be yeah come together in a in a nice neat package. <laughs> All right, seven. When you were seven years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm, when I was, I don't remember having any inkling of wanting to be anything when I was a kid. Really, I did. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, like I just, I have no memory of ever saying, oh, I want to be a this or that. That didn't happen until I was about in middle school. Well, for us, it was junior high. So I think it was probably about seventh grade, eighth grade. I wanted to be a school counselor um, because I really liked my counselor. And I was like, I want to be that. And then as I got a little bit older, I wanted to be a psychologist. Well, this falls right in line with performance coach. Yeah, yeah. The psychology. All that same mindset of you want to help somebody. Right, right. Yeah. The the psychologist wasn't going to work out since I dropped out of school in my <laughs> senior year. So kind of took that off the, off the plate. <laughs> but then the life coaching came around. I was like, I can get close. I can still kind of check yeah. that box in a in a certain way. So that turned out to be all right. 
All right, number six. How do you want to die? How do you want to end up six feet under? Okay, well, if it is not by force, then I not would by like force. Oh, you mean like a bad circumstance? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, okay, there's like, am I dying by like unwillingly by force, or am I dying like not that way? Right. Yeah, so, that's by your choice. Okay, so the, the the by my choice would be lying on a nice, comfy lounge chair in the sun. Who outside? Outside, by either a pool or a lake or the ocean, reading a book. That would be the choice. And then you just maybe like drift off or, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you just coast out. Just check out. Yeah. That's you relax so much that you just coast out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're outside. And that just seems pretty dreamy to me. Now, if it's by force, I would choose guillotine for sure. Guillotine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Quick and easy. Yeah. I think that would just be like, whoosh, done. I mean, you're going to be scared, but it is at least the... We're done. I mean, you know, you know it's, it's mental there. <laughs> right. If, if you know it's coming and it's by force, <laughs> anyway's gonna be scary, right? Yeah, oh, that's a good call. See, they're all they're all a little stressful if you know they're coming. I give it right. I give you that. All right. So, <laughs> that one, I can put on a nice outfit, <laughs> put my hair up. <laughs> I hope they just skip ahead to you going, you know what? I want to die by guillotine. I've thought about it, and that's the way to go. I hope they miss the setup to that. They just hear, you want to die by guillotine for some reason. All yeah, right. just put that clip out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say my wife's not perfect, and Lori wants to die by guillotine for some reason. Yeah, um, and right. way, if you want to hire her as your coach, go to lauribischoff.com. <laughs> but when you injure, if you sign with a contract with her, you have to end it by guillotine. That's what we're doing. <laughs> right. All right, number five, five-finger discount. What's the last thing he stole? Oh, Eric's heart, of course. Oh, yeah, there she went. However, however, before that, it would have been when I was 16 and my friend and I stole some cosmetics from Target. From Target? Oh, Target. my gosh. If I could have just wrote the perfect crime, that would be it for you. Is yep. 16 years old stealing makeup from Target. Makeup. Stuff's expensive. <laughs> Do you uh, steal from hotels? Oh, hotels. Is there stealing things from hotels? Well, that's your viewpoint, yes. Hmm. Are you right. a, are you a, the number one thing taken from hotels is the remote control. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I don't know who would want that filthy thing. <laughs> I mean, Lord knows. Like, Maybe the batteries? <laughs> oh, God. It would have never occurred to me to steal a remote. I take like maybe a little travel lotion to put in my purse. I believe it. Whatever condiment you give me, I take. I Look just, at me. I have 517 shower caps, okay, that I've <laughs> stolen. But I got it's there. It's on principle. It's a principle, right? Because I don't really think it's stealing if you're paying for the room. What about a pillow? Yeah. Mm, no, although it has been tempting. Towel. I have. I've never stolen a towel that I can recall. Bathrobe. No, but I have purchased a bathrobe. And <laughs> I, I say that, they usually just charge you if you take it. Right. I've purchased one. I like called and said, I, I'm going to buy a bathrobe but uh, and pillows. But no, I the only thing I recall stealing from a hotel is hand lotion. And I don't call it stealing because I think it's supposed to be there as my In the package. Yeah. All right. This one's going to be fun with you. I don't even know if you've ever had one. Uh, the Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie's, which is the top four. Little Debbie's are the snack cakes. Uh, that are very big. So, if you never had little Debbies, do you have snack cakes? No, I've never had a little Debbie. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but I had I to refresh Eric. He said he had had a couple honey buns, oatmeal cream pies, nutty no, buddies. I've seen those in stores, but my we didn't we didn't get much of that stuff when we were kids, my sister and I growing up. Right. What my mom would buy us once in a while for a treat, like to take in our lunches to school, it was a treat if she got um ho hos, those little round okay. kind of like that. Is it kind yeah. of it's like one of those? That's so, the world, yeah. That's the that's the snack cake world. So 
Right. So that would have been like when I was in elementary school and when we took our lunches, that that would have been something that I had. But um, yeah. what's a tempting what's a tempting sweet thing? That's it's your weakness. Mm, I love a good New York style cheesecake. Cheesecake. Mm-hmm. If you go off the rails, it's cheesecake. Mm, yeah. I love <laughs> it. Yes. And I am totally willing to go off the rails for a good cheesecake every now and then. All right, what about this? You guys travel a lot. So let's say, well, I know part of this answer because I, I we've talked a little bit about it. Let's say you've got to, you got to get a snack on the road trip. We're going to the, we're stopping at the gas station. What are you grabbing from the gas station that's unhealthy? Don't tell me you're walking in buying a pack of almonds or something. What are you getting? What's like, oh man, I shouldn't have that gas station snack. Candy bar? Skittles? No, I don't like candy like that, but I'll tell you what, my version of that is we will um, find a Starbucks and I will get one of their brownies. I love Starbucks brownies. There we go. And so if we're on a road trip um, and I decide I want something sweet, then I will get a Starbucks brownie and then I'll just like nibble on it throughout the day with the coffee. That's my that's my splurge. You just described torture to me that I have a brownie and I have to make it last the entire day. Yeah, because, well, I don't uh, I don't like to eat too much at all when we're on a road trip because eating in the car makes you tired, especially if you eat sugar. So I don't. eat. Okay, drop a knowledge on us now. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I eat very little or (laughs) some nuts. (laughs) Well, I said I said I know part of this answer because we've talked about it. You guys bring a lot of your own snacks before you before you leave the house, you get the whole trip ready. Yeah, I will typically um, pack a cooler with things like hard-boiled eggs and a bottle of sriracha. Um, That's a really great go-to snack on the road. And then I'll put like maybe pickles and olives and cheese, um, you know, maybe some um, carrots, uh, just stuff that's easy to grab that doesn't make you feel crappy on the road or tired. Uh, Sugars make you tired on a road trip. I'm taking that with me. All right, number three. Three albums on a deserted island. You're not getting in an argument and claiming these are the best albums that were ever made. That gets everybody in an argument. This is for your mentality. You can only listen to three more albums for the rest on repeat. What three albums are you going with? Okay. And I'm on a deserted island. Is that where I am? Yep. And I'm alone? Alone. Alone. Okay. Just you. So you might want to get some live albums, maybe to act like there's people. Or you might like the, you might like the aloneness. You could go compilations, greatest hits. Here, I think I'm going to go with this. I think I'm going to go with Creedence Clearwater Revival. Okay. Because that will remind me of growing up. Because we always had CCR albums, and my my parents loved them, so we always had those in the house. And so I grew, my sister and I grew up listening to that. Is there a particular uh, one, or just anyone? I'll take you in the right mood. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember which. I can't remember the names of the albums anymore. Um, but so, yeah, nobody listens to albums now. That you have their whole playlist without. Yeah. So just yeah. any CCR is going to put yeah. you there. Yeah. So I like that for a little nostalgia and to remind me of. My my history, my okay. my childhood, and then I would go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah. Any Earth, Wind, and Fire, love it all. Um, that's going to remind me of my whole like teen years up until really through meeting Eric. So I love that, and I I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. And then I think this was hard. Um, maybe maybe Bruno Mars. Cause it, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I, his uh, music always makes me feel like dancing. So I think that'd be fun. It's very, it's very good mood music. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Super and talented. Like, yeah. I make yeah. you have a positive mindset while you're there on the island, deserted. Exactly. So those are my three choices. Number two, uh, give me two concerts: the first concert you ever went to, and the last concert you went to. So the first one. 
uh, I was invited to go. It would not have been my first choice, but I was invited to go to a concert in, uh, by um, the boyfriend at that time. Uh, I think this was about 79 and it was a Bob Seger concert. Yeah. Um, which, you know, which is great. He's amazing. It wasn't really the my flavor of music at that point in my life, but but it was amazing. Um, so that was the first one. And then I think the last concert that Eric and I went to together, I want to say four years ago, and it was Santana. And it was a small oh. venue. God, I was going to ask him before we jumped on, too, if he remembered. It was at a um, it was in Vegas at a small venue. I can't remember which. Possibly. Might have been House of Blues. I've seen him. I've, he, he loves playing there, so that might be it. I think it was because I was like, it wasn't one of the usual ones you'd think of for yeah. us anyway. We didn't usually go there, but I think it was there. And it was so it was, you know, more of a small venue. And, and we were really close to the stage. And it was, oh, man, it was so good. I would go see him again in a heartbeat. He's bucket list for me. I'm, that's je I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go see him. Amazing. All right, number uh, that was number two. Number one, this should be an interesting one uh, that I ask everybody. If you were a wrestler, who would you be? And if you end up having a tag team partner, who would they be? This could be present, future, of course, whatever you like. Who okay. would you be? All right. I think as... Uh... Before you say your answer, are we considering Eric a wrestler? No. Okay, there we go. Now, with that being said, which wrestler would you be? I would be early Hulk Hogan. Early? Early Hulk Hogan. As in because 80s, when he's like, on top of the world? Like when he's when his tagline is, um, you know, <laughs> Do your training, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, yeah. and believe in yourself. Yeah. Like that's like what I do for a living. <laughs> it's now it's coming first full circle here. I like right, it. All right. Right. right? So yeah. I feel like that is just that's my life. So it's what I do and it's it's how I coach. So I was like, that's kind of that's that would be a perfect fit for me, don't you think? <laughs> that's that's great. I didn't even think of the taglines there. All right, and now you get a now you get a tag team partner. Who's it going to be? Well, I think this is kind of a no brainer, you guys. That would have to be my son, Garrett Bischoff. King in the house, right? Yeah, I mean, aces and eights. Are y'all going to be aces and eights? So I don't know. Maybe we'd have to come up with a new, <laughs> I think a new thing. I don't know what that would be yet. I I haven't had time to think, but. Uh, Who's going to have my back more than my own son? This is strong. I like I like how this goes. Right? Right? You, you went that? two directions I did not see you going in. Yeah, I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you so much. I have had an absolute blast. I appreciate your time with joining me. It's absolutely fascinating. Watched uh, almost all your episodes, uh, and it is it is great stuff. So. I encourage everybody to go check them out. Tell them one more time where they can find the podcast, uh, which is everywhere you're consuming this, uh, but also where they can interact with you on social media. Yes. So um, lauribischoff.com is the best place because then that'll you know take you to all of the other places that you need to find me on. Um, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram is lori.bischoff. Uh, the podcast is on YouTube. It's under my name, Lori Bischoff. Um, and then it's We're Talking Shift podcast on all of your favorite platforms everywhere. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Cassie. It's been really fun. I appreciate it. Adios. Bye, Cassie. Wait, wait. I was supposed to say, stay feisty. Stay feisty. You too, Gary Vee.